This is Kid Nichols, Killer Nichols, Knuckles Madsen, whatever you want to call me, and you're listening to the Oversell Podcast. Keep listening. I'm going to pay a visit to your house, and I'm going to come inside that house. I'm going to do bad things to you, like make you listen to the Oversell Podcast. Stay tuned. It is episode 63, and we are back and better than ever. Get ready. This is the Oversell Podcast. I know I'm breaking that fourth wall right now. It felt really good to do that. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome back to the Oversell Podcast. We've missed you all the past couple of weeks. Um, had a son, little Jackson Gregory. I wasn't going to reuse really his real name on the podcast, but I just did anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we have a new wrestling fan in the world. His name is Jackson Gregory, and he's all mine. He, uh, he'll he be coming home, hopefully, in probably in the next week or two. Hopefully next week. Cool. But yeah. uh, welcome back. My name is Derek. I'm Dan. I think that makes me Mike. Yep. Yep. Okay. It's good and to, we're all three here. Yes. Yeah, it's been a long time we're, since we've this been out for a while. Is, uh, <laughs> we've been out for a while, and then and you know the, there was rare occasions when we all three weren't here, and then now we're all three here, and we're back. So it's great. Yeah, Enjoy it's, it while it lasts. And, and yes, it's, <laughs> and that's it's, right. It's good to be back, and we've got we missed a lot. I mean, nah, not that much. What were your thoughts on the draft? What you guys' thoughts on the draft? I thought the draft was awesome. That was very riveting television. I, I, I got to tell you, and I I didn't even get to watch it on uh, Raw on cable. I got to watch it on the network, and I was watching through the Draft Center. You know, they had right, this right. quote unquote Draft Center with Renee Young, and I think it was Booker T, Corey Graves, and just uh, Lita, was, Lita, Lita, was, yeah, yeah Lita. Lita, and. Uh, of course, you know, they were sitting there talking, and every, you know, five minutes or so, they got to yell at the screen, Oh, my God, look who <laughs> Raw got, you know? So, <laughs> it was actually, I actually found that more entertaining than probably watching an episode of Raw. <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you what, uh, I, the draft was all right to me. I think they could have done it a lot better and, like, have wrestlers actually come out when their name was called, not do this, the high little highlight package, yeah. something, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, I would have liked what I would have done is made it more like the NFL draft where there's one podium and someone actually comes out, whether it's, you know, in a backstage setup or they come out to the main stage and they announce their draft pick and then walk back. And what it would have been cool, you know, uh, have somebody come out like we drafted Finn Balor. Finn Balor comes out and, and like I said, rip off the entire NFL draft, hand him a red shirt, get a picture with Mick Foley. And mm-hmm. Stephanie put a red hat on, something like that. You know, it, they could have done a lot more than they did. And I think it would have made it more excited than the highlight packages. That was the only thing I really didn't like. I, I think the raw roster is really stacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it yeah. really is. It, it's 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 kind of stacked unevenly right now yeah. in the favor of Raw. And I think I, the the one thing I didn't agree with was the the off balance pick. That for every three that Raw the got, three to two, two. Smack, two went yeah. to SmackDown. I didn't. I didn't think that was cool, you know, because I mean Raw has had the edge for years. Yeah, 
You know, they've been the flagship program. It's time to spice up SmackDown. That third pick should have been going to SmackDown, you know. And, you know, I did not understand the Nia Jax call-up at all. It was a little early. I don't Uh, don't think it was. I I think they're doing the right way with her. She's been – and my thinking behind Nia Jax is, to me, every match I've seen her in, I can tell she's being led through it by who she's in the ring with. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just every match I've ever seen her have. And, you know, the ones that – even the ones that they put her in the ring with who were just like, you know, Andrea, you know, who got her tryout. I think she had a tryout against Nia, didn't she? No, it was against – I want to – it wasn't against Nia. It was like Alexa Bliss. It was one of the smaller ones. Well, um, you know – the ones, the ones that they they were one offs or getting tryout matches against Nia or whoever, you know, I even those I felt like you know she didn't know what to do in those matches. It was just kind of like destroy, destroy, destroy in those matches, and it wasn't there wasn't really any science to it, which is kind of the point of the squash matches now, which they've brought back the I, science I, of the squash yeah, matches. Yeah. And it, it, it and you know what's incredible with bringing them bringing back the squash matches. The commentators are putting over the fact that this guy is killing people. That yes. Braun Strowman is killing right. people. Nia yes. Jax is killing people. If they would have done that with the fucking Ascension, JBL, mm-hmm. Ascension could be in the tag team, you know, championship run. They need close that. To they, the, the talent needs that. They need that to establish these people because not everybody has the network. Yeah. Everybody watches Raw. We know everybody watches Raw, but Ex- except not you. everybody watches the network. Except for me. But I, don't have, <laughs> yeah. I have an excuse. I don't have cable. I can watch it a month later <laughs> on the network. Sling TV. Sling TV, man. Sling TV. You know, I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I might get cable when we get a new house. I'm, I'm, there's all kinds of deals out there that right. AT&T and DirecTV are throwing right. together right well, now. Hey, so, if you, know. you want to keep the cord cut, man, and it's, it's, it's Sling TV is 45 bucks a month and you get... Not only do you get USA, mm-hmm. you get El Rey Network, so you can start watching Lucha Underground, mm-hmm. and that's that. that's worth the forty five bucks to me. Yeah. I'm but, gonna have to do something. We we ran out of episodes of uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield <laughs> to watch. You know, so <laughs> just just watch Lost again. Uh, I never watched Lost. Well, I watched. Hey, I, you know what? Well, you know what episode of Lost I did watch? I watched probably the last thirty minutes of it because I wanted oh, to see, see how they would end <laughs> it. And then I then I kind of went, huh? Well, you didn't at the end it. of it, and I was like, yeah, well, that, but that's what you like the whole that. six seasons, though, is huh? <laughs> yeah, that's that is that's very true. Um, I love the commentating team now. Corey Graves, yes, is Corey killing Graves. it. I mean, it's great when you I'm don't have you, random JBL. Michael, Michael. There's an episode that you need to go back to that I said Corey Graves should be doing. He should be doing commentary. I've been saying it I've, at least for a year that he yeah, should be yeah. doing commentary on the main roster because I've listened to NXT. I've listened to him do commentary on NXT. I was so happy when they announced he was going to Raw. But if and, you go back to any episode that we've done, nobody ever said, hey, let's get David Atunga a try yeah, on commentary. The hell's up with that? <laughs> well, you know, they're shaking it up a little bit. You know, Lawler's not on. SmackDown anymore. That, that I think kind of he welcomes. Me. Well, I think he actually welcomes a slower schedule at his age, oh, yeah. really. And you know? he's probably getting the same amount of money. So yeah, and he's he's still on the pre-shows. He's doing yeah. the pre-shows. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's still so on the pre-shows. If, if anything, you know, he's on Raw and SmackDown pre-shows. Probably on the pay-per-view. You're going to get more Lawler if you're a Lawler fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't. I don't. You know, they haven't really blacklisted the guy. No, you know? no, no, he's no, no, still no, no, there. No, no, you know, no, 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 no. I just you know, 
I would I would like to have him on commentary. You know, I I think him and I think him and Corey Graves on commentary would be pretty interesting. <laughs> well, see, I w- see, I'd want I'd want to keep those separate because with Lawler's going back to his kind of heel announcing yeah, gimmick, yeah. And yeah, him, yeah. him and Mr. were like the perfect compare and contrast type mm-hmm. to each other. Did you guys uh, see that Booker T officially retired? That he's uh, no longer uh, yeah he's no well, longger in and ring I think, anyway. I want to say I saw something. He was hospitalized for an unknown. Yeah, he was hospitalized over t- the weekend. He had a uh, he had a neck injury that was kind of nagging him, and they they asked him if he wanted to do surgery or not, and said no, I don't want to do surgery. I'll just quit wrestling. <laughs> well, they, no, I that's think one way out of it. Yep. Let's see. Um, it was pretty. Uh, uh, you know. It, it it just shows you a sign of the times, you know. No more GI bro. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into GI bro by the way when I was wa- I was watching an old episode of uh, Nitro, and they they're bragging they've got all the episodes of Nitro on. Now. Oh yeah, yeah. And so, that is is that not incredible to go back to watch? Too? Yes, it is. It's you know knock WCW all you want to. They put wrestling out there. Oh yeah, they yeah. actually had wrestling. You know, they had technical wrestlers doing wrestling on the show, and that was what made me love WCW from start to finish. No matter who you put out there, they had a wrestling match. Sometimes they'd break out and do a brawl. They'd have a hardcore whatever you know, backstage brawls whatever you know, and you know to a, to a certain point it was entertaining. It was entertaining. Yeah. You know, it was good entertainment. But you know, if you're if you know what happens behind the scenes like you do now. It kind of ruins everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nadia in the chat room says draft is pretty good, but she's like, Dan, I think the draft center show was better. I didn't get to see it. I actually watched a draft live while in the NICU. When yeah. Me and my son, we got that was our first episode of Raw together. There you go. Was watching, yeah. It was SmackDown. Well, it's it was Smackdown. Smackdown. I'm sorry. Our first Smackdown, episode of yeah. SmackDown together was watching the draft, and that was a lot of fun. I got to start getting him some pro wrestling onesies. I think we took uh, – we took Violet in the womb to Unforgiven. Oh Lord, you guys! I think I saw you guys down low. Oh, we were we were, we were like, down there. We were ringside in yeah, the corner. Yeah, and we were like waving at you guys or uh, something. And I was I was like looking up at you guys and I was pointing to Erica's belly, going first wrestling show. <laughs> Speaking of which, I put on Facebook a picture of when we went to Raw. We were on the second row all oh, night. Yeah. You had the butt cut galore. Yep. Uh, ben was standing on his chair. <laughs> Our friend Ben, who is who is. Six feet, ten inches tall, a oh humongous God, human that was being, so funny. and 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 that's what I love about that one show was, hey, there's Ben, there's me, there's Ben, there's me, yeah. there's Ben, and we got to see uh, Ben punk out a professional wrestler. We got to see him punk out Morrison. Yep, that was great. For those, that, I'll, I'll explain. I'll give you the situation. Like I said, Ben is a six foot ten individual, huge, and um, we all call him Big Ben. Big Ben, and. Yep. Uh, they were very original. Benny, yes. Benny, I think he is. Benny, <laughs> Benny, Copyrighted. He is Benny Elbows on Facebook. Uh, and I, I believe and he's Twitter. Been, and Twitter. Benny Elbows, B-E-N-N-Y Elbows. Tweet him, <laughs> t- tweet him that we said, shout it, called him out on the show. But uh, Morrison comes out and he's talking shit to, and he gets to, he points to my cousin Teddy. He's like, I'd kick your ass. And he points to Mike, I'd kick your ass. And he gets to six foot tall Ben. Six and he goes ten. six seven foot, ten, foot. <laughs> close to seven foot tall Ben, and he goes back to Mike and says he'd whoop his ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just true. We were we were at uh, SmackDown a few years ago, and. Uh, I guess Ben was a seat filler or something. No, and no, no. We were just sitting up in the crowd. Okay. Well, like he 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 was a few rows back from me, and then Tommy and Ike, a few more of our friends, they were sitting over to the right of me. <laughs> shout we out. were on like the front row. Outs, we guys. were on like the front row. Uh, me and an ex girlfriend were on like the front row 
center, like right risers. where the wrestlers could walk up in the in the risers and stuff like that. So we were like right on the front row of the risers. So we had a really good seat where we yep. could see out over everybody and see the ring and everything. And we had a whole squad with us spread yeah. out through that yeah. section. Yeah, yeah. Hey, there's that guy. There's that guy. <laughs> Throwing up two sweets yeah. and yeah. telling each other to suck it. But Ben was like probably five, six rows behind us. Yep. And this one guy, the, the one usher that's on the end of the risers is like, you know, he's limiting everybody to looking at their tickets, you know, and letting them onto the floor if they belong on the floor or not, or whatever. He's looking up at Ben and he's like, sir. Please do not stand on your chair. <laughs> and he says it like three or four times, and we're all looking around like, "Who's he talking Who's he to?" About? You know. And then finally, we look up, and then like we and Ben sits back down, and then he's still telling him, "Please, sir, please stop standing on your chair." Because even sitting down, Ben's like two feet taller than everybody yeah. else. <laughs> so it's like you know. And then finally, like Tommy, Tommy yeah, yells. I, I turned around. Yeah, Tommy yells at the guy, and he goes, "Hey, chief." He's like six foot ten. Ben, stand up. <laughs> and Ben stands up, and dude goes, "Oh, my bad." Oh. <laughs> God, we freaking. It, it, oh man, it, it's so funny though, because you know, Ben's just a big giant teddy bear, of course. You know, so it's so funny, just you know, him six foot ten, six foot eleven, walking around through a wrestling crowd. <laughs> but on that episode of Raw. What was six eighty nine for anybody yep. listening? You can see us. Yep, second row. You guys are Look booing for, this. Yeah, boo big this. Um, <laughs> oh no, the, the the best part is when it was at the beginning when Trish and Lita are out there, and when Trish starts laying into Lita, you have to watch Derek's reaction. Mm-hmm. He, and it is the best reaction no, ever. See, there was a better one that same night. Vince McMahon at the end ends up putting Triple H in a pedigree. And Mike has this very satisfied laugh where he just <laughs> he leans his you could see the laugh coming from his belly. <laughs> it's one of those guttural. <laughs> That's great. I'm gonna have to look that up now. Yep. But yeah, it was ten years ago. Yeah, that's wow. when I saw that they'd added Raw from 2006. I'm like that. That sounds awfully close to when we had that. That was my second favorite Raw I've ever been to. Mm. First was, of course, me and Mike are now card-carrying members of Occupy Raw yeah. with the Yes Movement. <laughs> now we just got to find out and search the uh, the one that had the Super Show. It was Raw, SmackDown, and ECW all recorded here in one night. That wouldn't been. I think that was that had to be before two thousand. Well, no, no, that was after. Two, maybe that was two thousand eight or something like yeah. that. Yeah, we just got to find it because we'd be able to see us. On three different shows in the same seats. Uh, do we sit? We didn't sit second row where the camera shot all night on that one. We sat. No, we were on the opposite side, but we were still like fourth row, okay. like third or was fourth that, row. Was that where you popped a balloon over my head? Yes. Okay. That was <laughs> that was the Vince McMahon celebration. Uh-huh. I think he beat Bobby Lashley or something the night before, and confetti fell down for like the entire show. <laughs> wow. And it gotten our friend Sweeney's ice cream, and he was so sad. Yeah, it was sad. <laughs> I could tell. We could tell raw stories all night. Which is, <laughs> like, um, I watched Battleground. Um, that was a good. That was a good pay per view. It was a very good, good pay per view. Yeah. You know, it, it start. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn stole the show. Oh my god! Yeah, that match was in, yeah. insane. I don't know how he didn't break his shoulder again, falling on that apron the way he did from that moonsault he tried off the yeah that he tried yeah Yeah. that he tried heavy on the try (laughs) you know the surprising thing for me from that pay-per-view also was dean ambrose retaining the title the title being on smackdown and actually the next night they had a title match on raw 
and I thought that was insane. They gave they gave away Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins for free. Yeah, mm-hmm. on the USA Network, and it was well, an, you, it was an incredible match too. And I'll tell you who what I was most impressed with with all of the six man tags, the triple threat in the main event. I was so impressed with the timing of the moves. I mean, it, there wasn't really any misstep whatsoever right. in executing anything as far as, like, waiting on this guy to do a move, and then this guy comes in and does a move, and then the next guy comes in and does There was a lot of that. There was a lot of that chaining going on and, you know, all that buildup and everything, you know, and if some if just one person missteps or, you know, sidesteps or shifts the wrong way or lands wrong or whatever or gets in somebody else's way, you know, it screws the whole chain of events up. And I was so impressed with everybody's timing in both six-man tags and in the triple main, triple threat main event. It, yeah. it just seemed like everything went off flawlessly, you know? You know, the, the only the – <clears throat> Becky, Becky Lynch and Natalia kind of slowed the show down for me. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, but that happens in pay-per-view. Bailey She had to sell that leg though. Yeah. That's and yeah. that's that's gonna slow any match down when you when you're selling a body part. Bailey getting that huge pop. Oh I, god. I love it. I mean, we all we all it was one of those situations where it was predictable. Yeah. But by damn, it was the best predictable. That ever. was the best right. pop that, I've seen in a while. Yeah, that, and now and it, I thought they had a great match. Yeah, you know, great debut. Typically, you know, you see these folks get called up and they're a little nervous. And Bailey seemed like just to. Oh yeah, well, she, she, it's not her official call up though. Well, yeah, no, yeah, 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 right, she, right. But, but tell you, <coughs> which tell you what confuses the hell out of me. How do you draft Ava Marie before? Well, let's Bailey uh, before Bailey. <laughs> I mean, now, how like, awesome did it, Bailey's entrance look in a big stage? Oh my God! And yeah. what what really made it was that last wacky, wild, inflatable, flailing <laughs> arm man. He didn't quite come up like yeah, exactly. all the way, and then he bent back down, and she high fived him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> great stuff. You know that last week was a really good week for wrestling. I mean that. Well, still on battleground, I really liked uh, the segment Randy Orton and Jericho. That Orton it, Orton came out. I think he did fucking great on the mic. Oh yeah, the, my, I have a, I actually that it was just a tad bit too long for me. They could have yeah, cut. It ran a little long, but the pro, I think the, everything Orton did on the mic was just great. If they turned in a pay per view like Battleground every month, well now now they got oh my god they, now they have to do it every other week. Yeah, it's every other week. Freaking basically. Enzo Amore. Yeah, uh, nobody. If anybody ever takes. The mic out of Enzo Amore's hands. I will find you and shoot you. <laughs> you know, I can't wait for Shinsuke Nakamura to get up on the main roster and see those two guys. Maybe yeah. getting a promo together because that that should be a lot of fun. Did you guys get to hear Nakamura on Jericho's podcast? I haven't listened to it yet. It, awesome interview. Jericho kind of paces the interview well, and he keep you can tell he's keep it trying to keep Nakamura comfortable, which he does a great job. And, right. You know. Great interview. Highly suggest it. Talk is Jericho. Check out Shinsuke Nakamura. You know who's going to be on his podcast tomorrow? Or what episode's tomorrow? Hmm. The, he is talking to broken Matt Hardy. Uh-oh. I can only, Oh, my God. I, I knew that only, was coming up. Yeah. I, I can only imagine how that interview went, which... <laughs> you know, we don't have to go into it real deep. I want to know what you guys, what you thought it's of Final Deletion. It's a wonderful deletion. xylophone. <laughs> what is it, just real quick, real quick, because I didn't get your reactions from it. What did you guys think of Final Deletion? It was definitely different. Um, I mean, the only thing that kept going through my my mind after seeing the whole thing, you know, I was I was watching it and I was like, wow, they're putting a lot into production on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and 
it's it's really you know with the with the drone that showed up and showed Matt Hardy's face and was right. all doing all that crap and everything and and you know Jeff's chasing the drones and then he beating them with guitars. Yeah, yeah, you know I'm like what well, and you know and it was kind of just weird from the start and then you know it goes into the match and you know I've the the longer I watched it, I was just kind of like, "What exactly am I watching?" Because I'm not watching a wrestling match, <laughs> you know. And it, they did they did some outrageous stuff, you know. And I I've seen people post on Facebook that they hated it and they thought it was backyardish, you know. Mm-hmm. You know they didn't they didn't like it or whatever. And you know the the whole my whole mentality of the thing was they kind of like. In my opinion, they threw it back to where it all began, really. You know, and it began for them in a backyard right. somewhere, right. somewhere, yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. How much did you laugh when Matt Hardy was driving through the yard? Oh God, that, <laughs> that was so funny. That's the one thing that's. There's two things that stick out the most to me in that. It's a dilapidated boat. The dilapidated boat, <laughs> and that. Uh, so funny, so funny. And then now, did you guys see the Wyatt compound segment? Yeah. How, now, when I recorded at uh, Rec Room the night of Cerrito Trivia, right? My thought was WWE may have been, was inspired by Final Deletion, but they did their own thing with it. Yeah. To me, the Wyatt Compound segment had more of a grindhouse type feel with the recording. You know, it looked like Qu- Quentin Tarantino filmed this. I only got segment. snippets of it, you know, because of course I can't watch it live. Um, I got snippets of it through the pay per view. You know, because right. they had the build-up package for build-up yeah. video package for the the pay-per-view match. So you know, I'm I watched it and I was actually impressed with how they did it because it looked like they got the upper hand and then all of a sudden you know all the car lights turn on and then the lights in the woods turn on yeah. and everything and I thought that was pretty impressive. Yeah. So I don't think it was. I don't really think they copied Final Deletion at all. I, I, I said they were inspired by it. Yeah. Which and, and if you. Because it was outside in a different location. Right. I mean, that's basically it, the you, only you know, similarity. Pre-taped. Yeah. Um, and you know what's funny is, but if you want to say it was a rip, anyone that says it's a rip off of Final Deletion, well, Final Deletion is just a rip off of anything done. Lucha Underground has done. Yeah, with production <laughs> value wise, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you you really want to see wrestling fans' heads explode? WWE signs Matt Hardy, broken oh, Matt Hardy. Oh yeah, and feuds with Bray well, Wyatt. You know. <laughs> It's interesting that Matt Hardy has kind of re- how many times he's redefined his career. Yeah, which is how you stay in a business for so long. It was Team Fear and Team Extreme, Team Extreme, and then uh, Gangrels. He was part of the Brood. The brood. Yeah, uh, I remember them coming in originally and having like tie dyed tights and they had, yeah, bandanas. Yeah. And they were stuff rockers. When they were, yeah, they were, they were yeah. just a yeah. younger. You know, Matt Hardy goes off, does version one, version one, v one, nah. The parties reunite. <laughs> They do the Mattitude facts. Mattitude facts are great. He oh, body yeah. slammed great. a tornado was, or yeah. something like that. <laughs> that was great. But it, it's a, it's a testament to the individual that he can recreate his career like this. And this broken Matt Hardy character is probably some of the best stuff he's done. Mm-hmm. I love it. He looks like a deranged Corella Deville yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a Sweeney Todd to me. That's what I see. Yeah. So, but that's I, I just want to get your thoughts on Final Deletion because we hadn't gotten to it yet. Uh, Raw this I think Raw's doing some good stuff here lately. Uh last week after that first episode after the brand split was one of the best Raws I had seen in a very long time. Yeah. Sasha Banks is now your women's championship champion, excuse me. You deserve it. Yeah, that's and it was a badass match <coughs> and mm-hmm. 
you know, you could kind of see Charlotte smiling when she they were showing her on the outside right. watching it. They're bringing back squash matches, which we already talked about. I yeah. think that is incredible. I uh, like how the, <laughs> the guy, the the little short dude with the, no chin, that uh, face Strowman. There, yeah. he made a meme and started sharing it that you know, please sign me or whatever. Like <laughs> WWE, you know, started a petition or something like that. I don't know, but it well, was just like. You know, I, all I saw was, like, bad wrestlers exposed and uh, trash bag wrestlers sharing, <laughs> sharing his meme going, you don't look like anything, just stop. <laughs> I uh, I saw one where this guy posted a picture and he says, I'm the only guy immune to su- sweet chin music because he really doesn't have much. <laughs> but I That's- love how they're building up. They're, fi- they're finding ways to build up their talent. I mean, they're making Braun Strowman look like a monster. Looking like making yep. Nijax look like a threat. Now, the one thing I don't like is how they, in her entrance, they keep zooming in on the eyes and then zooming out. That just makes me kind of yeah. n- not because she's ugly or anything because she's not. It just makes me kind of nauseous because it's like <laughs> uh, 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 uh. somebody uh, somebody took a picture of her walking backstage and filtered it through Instagram using the like the Terminator. And it looked and looked like it had Arnold Schwarzenegger's face on her body oh, with, with the shades <laughs> and shit. Uh, let's see, uh, Nadia in the chat room. Enzo is so good on the mic; it's ridiculous. That segment with Enzo, Sasha, and Charlotte. There was some good shit talking going on in that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me why this guy was telling me Finn Balor is a ripoff of the Boogeyman. I was upset with them for a week straight. I'm still upset about him. Nah, you know, that's it's like Ric Flair saying. Cruiserweight will never main event WrestleMania. Well, they already have. Yeah. Rey Mysterio. That's a, that's a casual wrestling fan she's talking to. Not even like a right. Not even like a hardcore wrestling and fan. It, a hardcore wrestling fan would know that Finn Balor's a demon. Right. He's and a I, demon face paint, and he's crawling towards the ring and everything else like that. You know. I, t- I tweeted out though. Um, you know, people are complaining because his first night he wasn't the demon. I'm like, let it. That's a pay-per-view thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's going to be special, and I guarantee you, people are if people are people on the internet don't are put doing the whole. I don't see what's special about Finn Balor. I mean, well, first off, he's an amazing wrestler, mm-hmm. has great psychology in the ring, puts mm-hmm. on great matches. He hasn't had a bad match since he's really been with NXT. And these are obviously people who haven't watched NXT, right? Like Vince Russo. <clears throat> Who I'm blocked by on Twitter. Vince so. Russo <laughs> can go take a long walk off a short pier. I, yep. That man, as far as I, as far as I can tell, he's just trying to stay relevant. That's yeah. just by bitching it about right. something. Yep. Uh, go home, turn on the TV, and don't get on the internet again, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he you just, know, uh, I mean, he can sit <laughs> next there week. And, we uh, interview Vince Russo. <laughs> you know, well, he's blocked by me, so I can't tweet at him. And you know, it's I find it funny because like Vince. He knocks all this stuff, and his his claim to fame that you know, he was he was one of the writers during the Attitude Era. Do you know how many fucking writers there were during their Attitude <laughs> and Era? And not only that, it was okay. funneled it was all funneled through Vince McMahon. Exactly. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, you weren't the you weren't the lone gunman for hey, the Attitude Era. You know, you know what gives Vince Russo? You know what happens when you give Vince Russo too much creative power? The end of WCW. That's what happens. Yeah, almost the end of TNA you put, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, David Arquette becomes your world heavyweight champion when Dave, Vince Russo is booking your company. We have him to thank for that. We do. Let's just 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 be quiet for a moment and take that in. <laughs> yes, whenever he we have Vince Russo to thank for David Arquette being the world heavyweight champion. And not only that, but his obsession with things on a pole match like Judy Bagwell, Viagra, <laughs> on a pole match. <laughs> and taking the fact that 
David Arquette even thought that was a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, oh, wait, no. He's like, no, this ain't, this I shouldn't wrong. do this. I shouldn't do this. No. This is taking money out of somebody's pocket. And he was exactly right. He killed a company. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, not, no, thanks, Vince. Yeah, it was Vince, yeah. Th- thanks, Russo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, remember those pay-per-view names near the end of WCW's run? Greed. Yeah. Sin. I was waiting for gluttony. <laughs> 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 like, what is the main event of, main event of uh, gluttony going to be? <laughs> There, it's a pie on a pole match, mm-hmm. like Vince Russo. You you really lost it, haven't you? <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, I like the direction Raw's going. At least SmackDown, and it's on tonight. I think I'm recording it because we're recording this. Yeah. Um, SmackDown, the first episode after the brand split was not the best. Yeah. It's clearly still the B show. One thing I hated. They're going to have to get a women's title, and they're going to have to. Well, uh, I think they're going to get they, a woman's title. They are title, said they're going to do that. Yeah. A woman's title and a tag team title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I hated, they had who what, they had Becky come out. They had all these divas start coming out, and they were coming out just on a mic talking. Yeah. And they give Ava Marie a music entrance. I mean, she gets the big entrance, the Titantron, yeah. all red, everything, mm-hmm. and it. It. I was like, this is this is not good. I don't know. I. I I'll know. T- what and I'll tell you the one thing that would probably save Ava Marie for me: get her off of Total Divas. Yeah. Even though I don't even watch it, but I don't. I don't that is the one person that you should take off of Total Divas if you want to rebuild their character. You know. I. I think that would be a good investment turn there. <laughs> Get her off of Total Divas. Take away that backstage. You're seeing what all she's going through. You know, and right. all that well, stuff. And yeah. it, I'll, I'll even tell her, you know, yeah, I respect you for realizing you can't wrestle and going back and getting trained by Brian Kendrick and all that stuff and everything. That's cool. But don't expect me to just bow you down know, and go, oh, you're just this great wrestler. Let's yeah. get you on the main roster and, and everything. Because that's she, just not going to work. You she know? gets she gets a reaction. Yeah. She, she gets a bad it, reaction. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you, I, if you if, turn Dolph Ziggler heel, put her with Dolph Ziggler. Mm. That, would, that would get him heat. Dolph can carry the mic, and she's just a distraction on the Dolph's outside. Dolph's going to get cheered no matter what he is. Well, if he's not with, a, with, he's with Ava Marie, I don't think he would. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. Naughty in the chat room says, "Women title for SmackDown is going to be a blue butterfly." LOL. <laughs> <laughs> blue butterfly. What do y'all think about uh, having Carmella on SmackDown and not putting her back with Enzo and Cass? They want. It looks like they want her to be her own thing. They don't want to. You know. They want her to be her own thing, but she's still Carmella, the same as yeah. she was with them. And you know, yeah. I don't know. She did a fine in NXT without her. Let her just go out there, do her thing, moonwalk. You know, don't. I don't know. I don't know. Trade her back to Raw. Put her she, with them, so. She's, you know, it makes her more money if she's a commodity on her own. Right. You absolutely. know, and I think that they invested enough time and money into her to let her fly on her own. You know, time will tell with that. You know, <coughs> Enzo and Cass are definitely doing fine without her. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> and there's rumors that uh, when Nikki Bella comes back, she may be going to SmackDown mm-hmm. just because they're lacking star power. On that is what they said. Yeah, let's. And there was actually a rumor that tonight somebody was coming back. Shelton Benjamin. Well, I don't know if he was going to come back tonight, but I was talking about women. 
women. Oh yeah, I saw that. Victoria. Yes. Interesting. I would love to see that. Oh man, I, I loved her. She was awesome. Well, what do y'all think about people that are that they've brought back? Uh, I am so excited. Sheldon Benjamin's coming back. I've always been a Shelton Benjamin fan. He was on the show that we were on ten years ago. He was on that Raw. Was he? Yeah. Who you wrestle? Uh, that was w- at the beginning of the show. He came out. It was Kane. Apparently, he lost in a triple threat or something the night before, and he's like, yeah, if he talked to Coachman, and Coachman was like, yeah, if you win your match tonight, you get you know a shot back at that title, and it was Kane, and oh. Kane like, destroyed him. As long as they don't bring back his mama, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, Sheldon Benjamin, to me, was always a great worker. Mm-hmm. That match... Just that thinking about that match he had with HBK on Raw. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. such a badass yeah, they, match. They'll replay that super kick at the end for the next 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> so, he beat Triple H a couple times on I mean, Raw. yeah, he, he – it's – I'm really hoping he comes back in and they just let him do what he does best. You know, put him – what secondary – is the IC belts in SmackDown now, right? Yeah, that's what so, Miz has. Yeah. There you go. Let him go into a program with the Miz. They'll put on some great matches. Uh, Rhino came back. Rhino, that was awesome. I loved him goring the shit out of uh, Heath, uh, Slater. Heath Slater. And last night, did you hear what happened? Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal came yeah. back. <laughs> and it kind of, Mick Foley kind of pulled a Joker thing, like, we have a job opening, but there's only one. So whoever wins this next match gets the job, and Jinder yeah. Mahal wins the match. And, so, and that's that's an interesting bring back, too. Yeah. That's not one you would think yeah, of. Yeah. I'm still holding out hope. That on SmackDown we'll get the man who spits in the face <laughs> of people who don't want to be cool. <laughs> I love Carlito. Like that Raw where we were on second row, I was wearing a Carlito shirt that night. It was, I was the orange too. one. With, yeah, I was with wearing the, apple. the blue one. You were, oh, okay, you had the blue one. I had the orange one with yeah. the apple. Oh, bring back Carlito. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hashtag bring back Carlito. Hashtag, hashtag bring. Let's get it trending, folks. <clears throat> hashtag bring back Carlito. You know, he would. Raw or SmackDown if he came back? They'd put him on SmackDown. I'd love to see him on Raw. Uh, like I said, they got they have too much star power on Raw as compared to SmackDown. They need so yeah. these guys coming back and he he just seems fit better for that roster. Yeah. I'd like to see Carlito and Dean Ambrose. In a match? Or teaming just, up? Just yeah, against each other. Just going back and forth on the mic. How and speaking of Carlito and SmackDown, how stupid is the team name the Shining Stars? <laughs> I, I don't get that one. I, they're oh. horrible. That's it's lost on me. George, George has another great hashtag to bring back. You ready for this? Hashtag bring back Mike Sanders. <laughs> 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 I love Mike Sanders, man. Thrillers for life. Oh, I miss the natural born thrillers. They Still waiting awesome. for Kurt Angle. You know that, and it was funny uh, last night on Raw. They were talking about trash about olympics and the olympians and stuff like that and you thought like whoa this would be the perfect chance for kurt angle to come back and roman reigns comes back and yeah still gets booed <laughs> you know i started i started watching uh you, you brought up the natural born thrillers and i started watching um wcw uh nitro just at a random point some point in like 2000 maybe and uh it was right at the end of where Bischoff and Russo just all of a sudden disappeared off the screen, and you mm. didn't know what was happening. Was right. like, where'd they go? You know, 
and uh, you know, because it was like I w- I watched two or three episodes with them involved because I wanted to get a good feel for what was going on at the time. And it was oh my god, it was unnerving because like in one night, I think Russo was involved in like six different segments. It was like <laughs> get that asshole <laughs> off the TV, please. And you know, I'm I'm just you know I'm watching everything that's involved and everything and what all's going on. And for God's sakes, I wish WWE would pay for some original music that actually went on on those shows because everybody's interest <laughs> theme is gone. I mean, it, it, it you don't even get to hear the original Misfits theme with you know General Rection, right. and Major Guns, and. Lieutenant Loco and, uh, you know, Lash LaRue all coming out. You don't even get to hear that stuff. It's some weird polka music that they put on every time they come out. And I'm like, there's the the Misfits polka. (laughs) (laughs) It just seems awfully fitting that um, that's what they would do just to put that final stamp on them destroying WCW. But it's so funny, though, because, like, within a matter of four weeks – Russo and Bischoff both disappear, and then you see the cat, Ernest Miller has yeah. ta- has taken over. He's and he's always on the phone with Bischoff or Russo, but Bischoff and Russo aren't really booking anything. It's the cat and his limo driver. <laughs> wow, <laughs> they're booking the whole damn show, and his limo driver, his name is Smooth, and he it starts out one week where. Uh, Ernest Miller, he's in, <laughs> he's in the front seat of the limo, and the limo pulls up, and it looks like th- that him and Smooth were talking about how to book the show all the way from the airport, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you know, and then they get in, and of course, you know, th- and, you know, they try to book the show and everything, and it's just like wow, you know. But like at, from that point on, it's like all the backstage segments just kind of fell apart. Right, right. You know? There was no real direction in the backstage segments. So, but you know, I thought it was funny. It was like. You know, one minute Bischoff and Russo are in charge, and all of a sudden the world comes crashing down around them. They aren't there anymore. And, you you know, at that point I was just like, oh, that's when it happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a quick break. We're going to reset our Mixler chat room for those guys listening live. You can always join us live at www.mixlr.com. Stop, stop, podcast. But we're going to take a break. We will be right back. Welcome back. To the Oversell Podcast, be sure you're following us on Twitter. We are at Oversell Podcast, Facebook.com slash Oversell Podcast. I am at Derek Oversell, D-E-R-I-C-K-O-V-E-R-S-E-L-L. I am at One Dangerous Dan, L spelled out. And I'm on Facebook, Dangerous Dan Matthews. At WolfMike23. Also, be sure you head over to OversellPodcast.com and check out the Amazon link right underneath the main player. You're going to shop on Amazon. Help us out while you're doing it. Click on that link. Do your shopping like you normally would on Amazon. There's no extra fees, hidden fees, or anything like that. We just get a small commission on any sale made through that link, so you'll be helping us out with this podcast by doing your shopping that you're already going to do on Amazon.com. Guys, I've been watching. I finally got caught up um, on the Cruiserweight Classic, and I am really, really, really enjoying that show. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the na- names, Akira Tozawa mm-hmm. throws one of the best German suplexes I think I've ever seen a wrestler throw. Mm. Um, how's my how's my Rich Swan pick doing? I haven't watched it. I'm sorry. I need I, to, I'm, I'm going to be falling back on that. <laughs> I, 
I, I want to say I think he, me and Mike are waiting to binge watch it. That's, that's all I'm doing. <laughs> I've got to go through. I've actually got brackets because when I went to Cerrito Trivia, I gave out brackets, and whoever, whoever wins gets to take over the show for a week. Oh, this, <laughs> this is either going to go really good or really bad. I know. <laughs> I'll be you on may it. Regret doing right, that. How many people are doing this that you know of? I got the sheets. I'll show them to you later. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, I need to go through and start grading those gr- brackets. But I think Rich Swan had a really good match. Cedric Alexander had a really good match. Every match has been awesome except for this guy named Ho Ho Lun, mm-hmm. who's not very good. Yeah. <laughs> but the most exciting, really th- exciting thing for me was getting to finally get to watch Zack Saber Jr. on the WWE Network. That dude, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you would love his style. He's a, it's a slow grinding, mm-hmm. lot of holds. You know, he's he's gonna twist your arm every which way he can. To add for his submissions, I mean, wow. he's he's just very deadly mm-hmm. and just. Uh, is he submission style? Really? Or he's is a re- he it's wrestling slash cruiserweights. It, it, yeah, he's a, he's a mat general. Okay, and, but he when he put he, he reminds me of Billy Wicks, who's a you know he was a hook wrestler. Hmm. Oh yeah, which you know you knew if you got in the ring with him, there's a chance he could get you stretch you out real good before you even knew it. Heck yeah. Um, but. He, I thought he had a great match. He opened up against Tyson Dukes, Deuce, Deuce, um, and had a great match. And uh, you, do you guys remember Ethan Page who we had on the show? Yeah, yeah. Some dude. Let me see if I can find it on Twitter. Uh, he called some dudes out because they were talking shit about Zack Saber Jr. Let me see if I can find it here. And I'm totally on. Uh, Ethan Page's side because I think you know a lot of people seem to have this problem like they really dudes really want to critique bodies that are in the WWE yeah like that just seems weird to me like people like oh Kevin Owens is so fat blah blah (laughs) blah 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 blah. now see this is what's so funny though because to me it's like you can't really make people happy one direction or another that's right you know I was like oh why don't you get some real wrestlers why don't you get some indie wrestlers in there and then all of a sudden Kevin Steen Sami Zayn Neville all them people show up (laughs) you got some real fucking wrestlers in there (laughs) oh uh, 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 they're too small to be doing this shit Uh, you can't put small guys over big guys oh look at Kevin Steen he's a fat piece of shit Uh, oh he he wrestles in a t-shirt well yeah he actually tried when he first came in to wrestle in a singlet and it just wasn't him nope no and that's why he's wearing a t-shirt if that's him if that's his character Mm -hmm. why does it bother everyone that he wrestles in a t-shirt and gym shorts that's just him he's making about six figures more than anybody else that's oh, complaining yeah. about him so <laughs> let me tell you that right now uh, <laughs> if you have uh, a problem see. with it please tweet kevin owens mm-hmm. at fight at owens our, fight and he will be more than happy amusement. To, he'll be more than happy to block you immediately <laughs> let's see here let's see here i think i'm getting close to finding this tweet um he does a lot of but you know that's I, I i i i've stopped listening to people complain about wrestling now you know, oh yeah, because it seems like everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got a different opinion of this and everything. If I have, a, if I want to have an honest conversation with somebody, hey, what do you think about you know Kevin Owens, or hey, what do you think about Sami <laughs> Zayn, or whatever, and, you know, I'll ask them. But those those chances are going to be few and far between. <laughs> <laughs> You're usually going to do it here. Yeah, I'm usually going to do it in, at this table. Right. You know, uh, you know, there's very few people whose opinion you know that matters in my head, really. You know. Um, if you haven't been up and down the road and know what what somebody puts their body through or whatever, if you're not a if you're not a diehard wrestling fan, 
if you don't go to independent shows at all or show any support for independent mm-hmm. wrestling and everything like that, you just need to shut up, you know? Um, I, I see this meme all the time that pops up and it says, you know, oh, so uh, you think Sami Zayn and Neville and all them guys, you know, it's great that, you know, WWE hired them, but you won't go down the street to your local wrestling show and pay 10 bucks to get in and see the guys there, mm-hmm. you know, and see what they got just down the street from you, you know? To see where these guys started you from. You know, and that's what I love. I love that I turned Derek into an indie fan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I miss MEW. Uh, I think it's, but I think they're going to stick with just that MLLW, Memphis Lucha Libre Wrestling. I think MLLW is going to whoever will help them run a show that week. <laughs> right, right. Because <laughs> they're back and forth between Dustin Starr Helping tattoo out and helping Kevin Lawler out. Those three guys, you know, they're always and those and you know all the MLL, MLLW guys are always coming into wildfire shows, wondering if they mm-hmm. can work or whatever, you know. Yeah, like Antonio and Garza, who's awesome. Garza, man, I tell you, uh, that right there, I'm surprised he's not signed somewhere. I really am. Uh, that guy, you know, the only thing I can think of about be holding him back is a family, maybe, you know. He may not want it because of family right. or whatever. But, you know, if the right person saw Garza, I think they would sign him. I really do. Um, you know, and there's plenty of guys in this area that, you know, deserve to be signed. You know, I've seen work for years, you know, and develop over the years and everything. Judas, man. Judas, yeah. That Judas uh, Judas is an animal, dude. <laughs> Judas is. I've had to wrestle Judas a couple of times, and I was like, man, dude's a, dude's a hoss. He really is. Yeah, uh, I haven't gotten to see him wrestle. I really want to see him wrestle. I think he's taken kind of a sabbatical from yeah, wrestling, yeah. but uh, he's from what everything I've heard, he is just he's dedicated. Awesome he's guy. in the gym twenty four seven. You know that episode of Raw that me and Mike were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. I was watching it, and there's a skit involving some police. Sorry, for those that can't see me right now, quotation marks police <laughs> officers. <laughs> And I, th- I have met one of those police officers. Uh-huh. He was a man by the name of All That Alan Steele. Yes. <laughs> he got to arrest Shawn Michaels on that. Ar- <laughs> yes. Did you see what I commented at the, at the bottom of that picture? Uh-uh. I said, little did Vince know he hired male strippers instead of MPD that <laughs> night. Because, <laughs> you know, the police uniforms they were wearing, they weren't, they weren't nowhere near what MPD wears. You know, with the, as far as the badges oh, was, and everything It was goes, so bad, you know. but, you, but it was so cool getting to see... Alan Steele, you struck a police officer. You got to go. And that Alan Steele. Alan told me. Alan's told me, uh, you know, about filming that segment before, and uh, he said, you know, they actually had to film it like seven or eight different times with Vince in there and everything, and the writers were telling them to do it a certain way and everything, <laughs> and finally. Vince, you know, tells they're trying to tell Alan how to say his lines, basically, and uh-huh. Alan's doing it. Alan's changing it every time they say change it, and he's doing it exactly the way they want him to do it, and everything. And nobody's liking it for some reason. Every time he does it, so finally Vince steps in and says, "I want you to do it this way. I want you to say it this way." And la 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 la, you know. And Sean comes over to Alan and goes, "Yeah, I'd, I'd do it the way he said too if I were you." <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Alan just kind of smiled and went, "Uh huh." <laughs> that is, but it was it was so neat getting to see a guy whose hand I've shook at, at backstage at an MEW show mm-hmm. was once on Raw arresting Sean. I don't Michael. think that's the only time he got on there either. I think he's been on there before as a police officer too. So, is that Judas? 
Uh, Who's that? No, okay. no, no, no. Judas looks like he's a beast. Ba- he's bald and because when you said Judas, I was thinking because you know, <coughs> last season on Big Brother there was a Judas. He was he, that was his wrestling name. Yeah. He was that's all they ever talked about. Yeah, but okay, that ain't him. <laughs> uh, another guy like uh, uh, who's the guy that also does um, the wrestling on Perk uh, out of Perkins, Bishop Cage. Bishop, oh, dude, he is a Bishop beast. is a bouncer at Club. Um, uh, what's the club's name off of Bill Street? Uh, club One Fifty Two. That, that is right? one of them. There, yeah. I think I it's know. Club One Fifty Two. He's he's a bouncer. I ran into him. We had the we had the TCW show, uh, traditional championship wrestling, and it, that is on demand. I believe it's TCWWrestling dot com now, and uh, we were actually syndicated internationally for a little bit. Wow. Um, I had a. Uh, I had a match on that show with Golden Boy Greg Anthony, um, but that was the night we filmed here in Memphis at the Cook Convention Center downtown. And uh, after party was at was on Bill Street, mm-hmm. Club One Fifty Two, on the third floor. The third floor is VIP. Yeah. you know, I may have told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again yeah. anyway. It's hilarious to me. You know, <laughs> we have new listeners nowadays. So, so, but you know, I I'm. I'm supposed. My job was to drive Jackie Fargo, who is. It was it was amazing to meet Jackie Fargo before he passed away a year or two later. Right. It, it was awesome to get to meet him before he it, before he finally passed away at like ninety four, ninety five. I think when I met him, he's like ninety three. Yeah, he was up there. Whew. But um, <clears throat> we, <laughs> Chris Masters comes in, and they want me to drive Chris Masters around. And so I'm driving Chris around and everything after the show and everything, and you know we drive over and we we get we get him a shower. We go we go to Waffle House, you know, because that's the place is, to go with wrestlers. That's the pro wrestling place <laughs> to go with wrestlers, you know. So we go to Waffle House and then we go we go back and then he's like, well, we, everybody's downtown at Club 152, and it's like it's already like one in the morning, you know. Everybody's downtown at Club 152. Let's go see him. All right, all right, whatever. So driving downtown. We round the corner to Bill Street, and his eyes light up. He's like, oh, my God, it's like fucking Mardi Gras down here. <laughs> you know, and so we get we get to the club at 152, and they won't let Chris Masters into the building because he doesn't have a collared shirt on. Oh. He had an Ed Hardy T-shirt on, you know, had the crazy designs all over right. and everything. It, it wasn't a collared shirt. I had a collared shirt. They were about to let me into the club and not Chris <laughs> Masters. And so I'm talking to the guy that's at the front door, and I'm like, "Dude, look at him. Do you not recognize him? You know?" And I wasn't say I wasn't even saying it. I wasn't even yelling it. You know, I was like, "Dude, do you not recognize him?" He's like, and it finally, it, he looks him straight in the face. He goes, "Oh shit, you're Chris Masters." <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "Stay right here for just a second. He and because what had happened was he had turned a bunch of people away who didn't have collared shirts on. Right. He didn't want them standing there, and then all of a sudden Chris gets in, and they're all they all come back and start hollering yeah. at him. So, so <laughs> we stand there for a second, and he's like, "All right, come on in." You know. And we get up to the third floor, and we run into everybody and everything. And man, friggin' Club One Fifty Two, and of course. Who do I see when the elevator door opens up? The bouncer, Bishop Cage. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Dan. I'm like, dude, what are you doing up here? He's like, I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was funny. It was funny getting to run into him, you know. And then there's this huge bunch of wrestlers up there, you know, partying all around him and everything. So, and uh, 
you recently got to go to Waffle House with a yes. WWE Hall of Famer. Rikishi. That was, that was pretty awesome. Um, and what does Rikishi get at Waffle House? He got... Four. <laughs> he gets Waffle House. He, gets <laughs> <laughs> he walks in. I'll have everything, bro. <laughs> hey, brother, you give me everything. Give I'll me one have of everything, everything, brother. I want a house of waffles. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> will eat my way out of it. <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, something uh, I'm he, willing he to try. He ordered four scrambled eggs with cheese. Of course, that's um, nothing. Some raisin bread toast. Um, was it? He had bacon. He had about four slices of bacon, uh, some grits. Um, you know, and it, it was it was cool. You know, he it, it, it wasn't like he ordered like nine dozen pancakes after he ate that. Right. Or anything, you, yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but no, he was he was really super cool. I mean, honestly, he is one of the most fan oriented guys I have seen. Um, you know, he, he, I don't think he's let fame go to his head, to be honest. That's great he, to hear about he a Hall does, of Famer. If he does, he doesn't show it. Right. You know, <clears throat> um, I got, we got out there and everything and I didn't even really go back and I didn't have much time to, to go back and talk to him and ask him how he wanted to be announced and everything. Cause I was the announcer at the show and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm going back and forth and, you know, working with the, with the, uh, people running the show and everything and. Just going going back and forth, Kevin Lawler about you know what to what to announce next, what to plug, and this that and the other and everything. Came out and I was like, well, damn, you know, I don't know how he wants to be announced, so I just say WWE Hall of Famer Rikishi, you know, and that was the way I announced him and everything. So I was like kind of worried about that, but then right. like after the show, I was like, man, you know, I'm sorry, I haven't, you know, if I, you know, if you want to be announced a different way, he was like, no, dude, you got a great voice and everything. He he loved how I announced him, so he was, you know. That was humbling in itself, but mm-hmm. then, like, after the show was over, I, I got to help break down equipment and everything because right. my company supplies all the sound equipment, the video screens, everything. So I'm breaking down all the equipment and everything, and friggin' Rikishi, he's he's older, you know, and he's still heavy set, So oh, he yeah. gets around really, really slowly, you know. So, you know, he, he's kind of got to watch where he steps and watch, you know, how he's walking and everything. And, you know, there was an instance where he almost fell over and almost fell over on Kevin Lawler. I thought he was going to kill him for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, you know. Like, We're going to have to scrape Kevin up with a freaking <laughs> spatula in a minute. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> no, Rikishi was really super cool. I, I The whole night, the reason, like, he stayed late, the reason, like, you know, everything was so slow going and everything. Number one, it was because he moved slow. Right. But number two, it was because he stopped for every single fan that wanted an autograph, that wanted a picture, that wanted to talk to him, that wanted anything. And anybody wanted a selfie, all they had to do was walk up and go, oh, yeah, okay, come here, you know. Boom, done. They He never stuck his hand out and asked for money. He never stuck his hand out and said, no, I'm going out the door. You know, catch me later. You know, he right. never said, hey, I'm eating. Leave me alone. You know, never did none of that. You know, he waited till he was done eating at one point and signed the rest of the autographs because people were literally coming up and just putting pieces of paper down saying, hey, can you sign this for me and everything? <laughs> and then when he got done eating, finally, there's like a stack of paper there. <laughs> right, <laughs> He's right. Like, Who's this too? <laughs> you know, and it was like all the waitresses came up, you know, all the waitresses came up and they, they all wanted autographs and everything. So, you know, and he bought my dinner 
you know, which, you know, yeah. nobody does that. You know, nobody ever does that. You know, so I, I've really got to say that is one of the nicest guys, uh, you know, not the, not the nicest guy I've ever known in the wrestling business because that will always be Bobby Eaton, mm. beautiful Bobby Eaton. Right. Um, <clears throat> But not he's a, he's he will always be the nicest guy I've ever met in the wrestling business. Which, by the way, I need to plug his T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, beautiful Bobby Eaton has has a new T-shirt. Uh, him and Brian Thompson got together. Him him and his business partner Brian Thompson. So I'll find a link to that and I'll post it to our uh, Facebook page. But uh, you know, it was so it was so refreshing to see somebody like Rikishi come in and just you know, bend over backwards for the fans. Right. You know, for anybody that would come up wanting a picture, wanting an autograph, wanting anything, you know. It was just so refreshing to see that. It's great to see that. And I did tell him that, too. I said it's very refreshing for, you know, for me to see this out of somebody, you know, because I see it all the time where guys don't want to be bothered, you know. Um, They don't want to take the time to talk to the fans. They don't – because they see it as a bother now. Right, you know, they're yeah. at the point where they're like, oh yeah, I'm popular. You know? They're off work at that point, right? Yeah. You know, they think they clock out that nobody should bother them, right? You know? And it's like, dude, you kind of live in front of everybody. <laughs> but it's great to hear that about you know a true WWE Hall of Famer. Yes, yes, and you know, I did. I told him that you know, and we we had light conversation. You know, I I do, I I don't get starstruck anymore. You know, right. um. <laughs> And I, you know, I guess that's why I've, I've got kind of like a professional repertoire or reputation, reputation I should say. Yeah. I've got more of a prof- professional reputation because I don't get starstruck anymore. I've met J.J. Dillon. I've met, you know, guys like Rikishi. I've met all these guys, you know, and all I think of them now is coworkers. Yeah. You know, we're on the same show together. So now we're a coworker. Okay, me and you are working together tonight. How can I work with you? You know, is, is all I think in my head, you know. Right. And if they want to have a conversation with me, well, let's have a conversation. That's great, you know. But I'm not going to push them, you know. If they don't want to talk to me, they think I'm an asshole. If they don't want to talk to me. Yeah. They think I'm an asshole. <laughs> 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 you know, so. <clears throat> but, you know, half the time, all you got to do is listen to the guys, you know. Like freaking J.J. Dillon. I picked him up at the Memphis airport. All I had to do was listen. For two solid hours all the way to Dyersburg. <laughs> and, man, he was telling stories like you wouldn't believe. It was insane. I was like, wow, you know. And, I mean, I got to hear all kinds of behind-the-scenes sa- behind stuff from uh, 90s WWF, early 90s WWF. Freaking J.J. Dillon was, was the mastermind behind the Yokozuna character. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it, things after things after thing, thing like that, you know. And... You know, the mentality of me, you know, being around these guys is, is like always act like you belong there, you know, and, you know, be respectful and always act like you belong there. And, you know, they'll treat you with respect right back and everything. And he he complimented me on how professional I was and everything and how I announced the show. And, you know, I don't think it gets much better than a WWE Hall of Famer compliment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like when you posted about it on Facebook, mm-hmm. I, you posted that after you had, you know, complimented him on, you know. Mm-hmm. Being there for the fans, yeah. I don't remember the exact wording that you used or what he responded he, with, but he, it was he said, yeah, "Without the fans, there is no us." Right, which is exactly <clears throat> right. If you don't take care of the fans, they ain't gonna come back. <clears throat> How was Fourth of July? Fourth of July was a good show. You know, uh, they had their first women's match. Um, they had one of the competitors for the tournament. She had um, 
she had some obligations with New Japan, so she wasn't going to get back to the States in time to be in the tournament, so she had to withdraw from the tournament. Well, that left an open spot in the tournament, and Paris Kelly and Black Widow wrestled for the open spot in the tournament. Nice. And it was an okay match. Um, freaking Black Widow jumped off the top rope and dropped a leg drop on Paris Kelly like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I mean, they, she landed like a ton of bricks on top of Paris Kelly, and, you know, it looked awesome. Um <clears throat> A few little stutter steps and missteps in the match and everything, but you know, I think I think that I think that there's a good future for for the women on the Wildfire Show. I really do. Um, you know, and uh, that's the next show coming up. That's it? the yeah. next show. It's Woman Crush Wednesday. It's August seventeenth. I know that because I announced it about seventy <laughs> times that night. <laughs> Plugged it about nineteen hundred times in that one night. Every time we had a match, you know end or whatever is like hey did i tell you all about august 17th <laughs> <laughs> so no but uh I'm, I'm really looking forward to the show it looks like i'm going to be able to announce it um you know i'm, I'm gonna be in town for at least the next few weeks or so Which they're gonna, and they got right. some, they got some top-notch talent for yes this mickey james will be here taylor yes. taylor hendrix taylor hendrix rebel 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 yeah i mean it's everybody you know, it's, it's, and it's a it, and I've seen highlight reels of these girls going at it. It looks pretty cool. It looks like it's you know it's going to be a good night to be a women's wrestling fan. Oh yeah. So, but I'm uh, I'm hoping to get that announcing gig. I have I don't have confirmation of it, but you know I'm well, hoping to get that announcing gig. And speaking of tournaments, right now we've got the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax going on. Um, and the way this tournament works, Mike, you've been watching the last years right. on. Um, access, yeah, on access on uh, pop, and Dan. The way this tournament works is it's it's a round robin, and you get point so many points for a pin, so many points for a submission. If you lose, you get zero points. Uh, and I, you know they have all sorts of these weird rules. There's two blocks in the A block. The A block standings. You've got Togi Makabe with eight points. The IWGP champ Kazuchi Kazuchi. <laughs> I can't talk tonight. Okada has eight points. Marafuji was six points. Tanahashi, he is two and three. He's dropped. He's wow. lost some big matches. Four points. Uh, Tenzin, four points. Goto, four points. Goto, Tomo- I love Goto. Tomohiro Ishii with four points. Sonata with four points. Bad Luck Fale with four points. And Tama Tonga, I was I was really hoping for him to have the breakout in this in, in this uh, tournament. He's got four points. In the B block, you've got Nagata leading the pack with six. Nakajima with six. Shibata, my boy, with four points. He lost to Toriyanu this mm. past week, and it was, oh, I was so sad. <laughs> IWGP Intercontinental Champion Mike Elgin, four points. Hanma with four points. Kenny Omega, four points. I thought they were <laughs> going to have really have him bust out in this tournament. Naito, four points. Naito's crazy. It, that dude is awesome, though. <laughs> He's awesome. Uh Yoshihashi, four points. Evil with two points. And uh, Toriyanu, who was one and three, one of those wins was against Shibata. Damn it. <laughs> he has two points. Tanahashi not in there? Or did was I not hear me- him? Remember, four points. He's two and three. Okay, okay. He's, but he's, okay, he, yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah. He's lost some pretty big matches. Um, so that's that's going to be going on in, for the next month, I believe, until sometime in August. It's a long tournament. Uh, Battle of Los Angeles is coming up out in PWG. My friend Fred got to go to his first pro wrestling gorilla show. Yeah. And he said it was 
an incredible, incredible <laughs> thing to witness live and says it should be on every wrestling fan's bucket list. His podcast where he talks about that should be dropping in the next couple of days. Check it out. The letter K F A B E connection on Twitter. Great podcast. And he's also a great friend. So Fred can't wait to hear you talk about the pro wrestling gorilla. We got the cr- cruiserweight classic going on. Um, I, I've, Got brackets. I'm trying to find an updated bracket so I can start grading the guys I got from the uh, the ones from Cerrito Trivia. Zack Sabre Jr.'s one. Akira Tozawa won. Uh, I think Gran Metalik won. Daviri's brother looked awesome in it. Uh, one of the uh, Bollywood twins has wrestled. He looked really good. Uh, Ho-Ho Lun sucks. <laughs> I mean, it's not that good. Um, is he like no way Jose bad or worse? Okay. Like they thought they were <laughs> signing an international superstar. And this is a guy that is not that oversold himself. He didn't oversell. Yeah. Wah, I heard wah, that wah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like we no sold that. Some news and notes. Uh, ZZ. Go on. From tough enough. Has been. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't, I think I'm indifferent about it really. I don't. I didn't really like ZZ, but I didn't really hate him either. Well, you know? I think it, you know if you watch Breaking Ground, he's too young. It's not that he's too young. Well, he just he. Wa- it seems like he wanted to be more on TV than he wanted to be a professional wrestler. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that does sound. And, about and he got right. that. And the only reason he lasted as did as as he did and tough enough was because the fans. Because of the setup. But yeah, the setup was so, so bad. They. I bet you they saw how this was going, and they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I still like what I said they should have done. The the You have the three judges, you have the host, Jericho, and then you bring on a guest. And that's how you get down to the final two. Because then you have who the judges want in there to win. Mm-hmm. And then the fans will pick right. out of those two. It makes more sense to do it that way. So... Uh, let's see. Uh, other news and notes. Um, God, I really wasn't prepared <coughs> for this. Well, I mean, it's been a while since we've been on, so uh, the Brock Lesnar thing. Yeah. Uh, sh- let me ask you guys, should he have been suspended? Dan. I don't know. The... <laughs> It's it's almost a double standard when you just got through suspending Roman Reigns mm-hmm. and you don't suspend Brock Lesnar. My thing was they fired Billy Gunn for you know basically the same type thing. Yeah, doing an out of promotion had nothing to do with WWE. It was completely yeah. out of that. It was and a bodybuilding thing. Yeah, they fired him for that. Yeah, but Brock Lesnar gets a pass. Yeah. Well, which because he's a the Billy Gunner, <laughs> which the Brock Lesnar thing was probably a thousand times more publicized than the Billy oh, Gunn yeah, thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, it's like uh, okay, you know, double standard much? No. Yeah, yeah. It it is. You know, there's no there. You know, I say there there's almost a double standard there. There is a double standard. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, there really yeah, yeah. is. I mean, I can see. Okay, yeah. That wasn't our testing. That was something completely different. Yeah. So, you know, he's okay with us. But then, like I said, you go back to the Billy Gunn thing. and Well, I think, I, I think their excuse was it, d- it doesn't apply to part-time performers. I think that was the actual oh, okay. technical excuse they used, which that's, well, yeah, that's total bullshit. Oh, yeah. Right. 
Uh, Nadia in the chat room says it best. He should have been suspended. You don't, you can't suspend Roman, but not suspend Brock. It doesn't make sense. Roman getting more heat for the same thing Brock did. Mm-hmm. Which, yep. you know, didn't they say Brock tried to say it was because of an inhaler or something like that? At or? first they did. Yeah. There was somebody yeah. from his group that said it that didn't. they didn't even credit because he just wanted to – you know, say it anonymously. Yeah, just wanted to get something out there. Yeah, so, I mean, somebody from his group said it was an inhaler, but then, like, you know, it turned around and, like, whatever he was taking couldn't have been through an inhaler, I think. But I don't know. I don't know. I didn't didn't get into it much. It's like, I'm sorry, if you get popped, you get suspended. Yeah. That should be the bottom line there. And Orton had a great response to that at, at Battleground. Oh, my God, that was great. <laughs> no enhancement needed. No enhancement needed. So Fox Sports 1 will be airing a special documentary on former WWE World Heavyweight Champion CM Punk later this month to get the crowd ready for, for his fight finally. For his fight at 20, UFC 203 in September. Uh, how about uh, it was sad? I'm sad that Lillian Garcia is taken is uh, done with the WWE. I mean, she's leaving for like the best reason possible right. to take care of her sick father. Sucks. I think she she was always a great announcer to me. Oh, yeah. So we wish her and her father the best well wishes, Lillian. We're with you. Uh, Booker T had surgery this weekend. Um, let's see. Noted on uh, Booker T's wife, former WWE talent Charmel Sullivan, noted via social media prior to Raw last night that Booker was hospitalized over the weekend. Uh, it doesn't really say. Oh. In an update, PWIinsider.com was reporting that Booker T was in the hospital to have surgery on his elbow this weekend. Booker injured his triceps while executing a spinneroonie during his WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony back in 2013. Uh, Looks chilled out, though. He's playing some PS4. Got his (laughs) elbow out there. Uh, Let's see. There's going to be a new SmackDown Live post show called Talking Smack. Uh... That I want, let's see who's going to be hosting that. Probably Renee Young. More than because likely, she does everything. Yeah, she. I mean, I was testament watching, to her. She. I mean, she is all was, over the place. I was watching the draft show, and, it, and every once in a while, they'd swap a person out. They never swapped <laughs> Renee. Oh yeah. They, I was like, God, does that girl ever pee? <laughs> I. You know, I still find it incredible because we do an hour podcast. I have to pee about thirty minutes into it every week. How do they do a three-hour raw? Yeah, without peeing. Well, they always have that Mountain Dew bottle right there in front of them. So, <laughs> well, I, hey, what do you think about the uh, what do you think about the set? Oh, change? piss boy! <laughs> what do you think about the set change for Raw? About where the uh, commentators table is? It's new, according to everybody that just watches Raw now. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Do you like it? I like it's it. Exact yeah. copy of a SummerSlam stage from a few years ago. Yeah. Actually. Well, it just it and back when Raw, when Lawler and Jr. used to sit up there after the first yeah. brand extension, I did like that setup better. <clears throat> I like I like the announcers being away from the ring. Yeah, I do like that setup. <laughs> no, I don't like it the way TNA does it. How they don't record the the commentary until a week after, you know, a week yeah. or two after, <laughs> and they're just in a separate little booth and just watching it from there. But yeah. And TNA has gotten crazy, if y'all haven't seen it. SmackDown Live will not to, not to be outdone by the Raw brand as they reportedly stack the deck for tonight's show, which emanates from Nashville, Tennessee. Former WWE wrestler Kurt Hawkins, Brian Myers, is currently backstage at the Bridgestone Arena that the venue will host SmackDown, expecting to make his WWE television return on the show. Brock Lesnar found himself in the receiving a surprise attack by SummerSlam opponent Randy Orton is at the arena in Nashville right now. 
PWIinsider.com is also reporting that Lesnar and his advocate, Paul Heyman, who recently renewed his contract with the WWE, are both scheduled to appear on tonight's edition of SmackDown Live. So much for that brand split. Yeah, what do y'all think about that? They they already had the brand split. They obviously they obviously had it planned that you know Brock was going to be on Raw, Orton was going to be on SmackDown. Yeah. So why put them together in a match at SummerSlam? Just I don't know. I think a lot of it was um, they could use it as a good jumping point to where either way, like if Brock Lesnar would have lost his UFC fight, then he could have won against Randy Orton or lost. I don't know. It, but I'm just wondering, you know, just because, they're, just because they're on different shows. I yeah. mean, that that's the point. I'm it's SummerSlam promotion, you know. It's it's a cross-brand show anyway. You know? Yeah. So it's one of the big four. It's a cross-brand show anyway, so it's not really going to matter. And two, you know, future cast, you know, past that, past that match, where where's where's Orton going to be? There's no question about it. He's on SmackDown. Yeah. So right. You know, yeah. uh, I having a part timer in the draft kind of just, you know, that's another thing I don't like about the draft is like, why would you even draft a part timer? No. You know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense statistically. <laughs> I mean, they didn't. Nobody drafted Undertaker. Exactly. <laughs> well, what, did, a, what did y'all think about the? Uh, I know it was the video several of us shared on Facebook. The Paul Heyman interview where he was talking about. Uh, yes. WrestleMania thirty. Yes, that was a good little video segment. Where and when you watch that, it. you just. You immediately think it's like, oh shit! What if he's right? Yeah. What What if that was true? I it mean, did you Did you see it? I didn't get to see it. Basically, he was just talking. I mean, he went in like depth. He was like, you know, what if Brock Lesnar just decided that that night in WrestleMania that he was going to pin Undertaker for real? He was just going to, you know, beat him down, hook his leg, and pin him for real. You know, and uh, like only he can do, he puts that doubt in your mind. Oh, yeah. He even started with that. He's like, I'm about to put a little doubt in your mind. Yeah. And basically said, you know, what if Brock Lesnar's thought process was, I can end the streak tonight and they will not fire me because how can they fire the guy who just ended the streak? Hmm. He's like, how can I, I can get my name over, you know, I can show that I'm the beast I can end this streak right now, and nobody can do anything about it. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me see if I can get it up here. Well, while we're doing that week, as we like to end every episode, we like to do Superstar of the Week. So, guys, I ask you, who is your? Superstar of the Week. It's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> I've missed doing that, too. I miss my little FX knobs. Mike, Superstar of the Week? Uh. Hmm. I could go back on my, the one I always fell back on, Seth Rollins. Okay. Because he's great at everything. But no, I'm still I'm still going to stick with with what I've been doing because you know as of a month ago when we last recorded. Right now I'm going with Moose because he's on TNA. Very good. Pick. And he's been coming like out that. and just. <clears throat> They're booking him strong, and I like that. It it seems like TNA is doing something right. And the fact that they paired him with Mike Bennett couldn't do any better. I uh, Dan, who's your superstar of the week? Enzo Amore. All right. God, All right. man, every time you put that, thing, put that freaking mic in that dude's hand, 
You are not disappointed. The, the, <laughs> the president thing he did, where he went through and listed every president oh in order. Oh, my God. I, I even liked that after that, because Big Cass got the mic. He was like, yo, that was impressive. Yeah. <laughs> George George in the chat room, I said, Mike is talking a lot, so I'm not going to stop him. <laughs> um, he said, Mike's had two weeks of hot but wrestling bird taking takes burning up inside him. Nadia Superstar of the Week is Roman Reigns. Uh, I want to say, nice. George, did you give me your Superstars of the Week? I'm sure uh, you had to say st- Sasha Banks at one point, he right? He said Superstar <laughs> of the past two weeks is Sasha Banks. Uh, Dan, who's your, you said Enzo I said, Amore. I said Enzo Amore for all them friggin' promos, I man. Every time you put it, every time you put the mic in that dude's hand. I am going to go with Finn Balor making his Raw debut and making an impact on his first episode of Raw coming in. Winning a fatal four-way match and then beating Roman Reigns to face Seth Rollins for the WWE Universal title? Yeah, that's a horrible name. Yeah. Weak. I just can't wait to see what that title looks like. You want to listen to Paul? Let me yeah, see if go we ahead. can get it working I'm, here. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get go ahead and get a Memphis wrestling moment here. All right. But this will blow your mind. Oh. Hopefully it doesn't blow out our <clears throat> eardrums because I think uh may have it up a little loud. All right, hold on. Let me. Is one only a very select people that understand what happened that night. The referee is not one of them. The music guy is not one of them. Vince McMahon is one of them. The Undertaker collapsed behind the curtain, was taken to the hospital. Vince McMahon left WrestleMania before Daniel Bryan was crowned champion because The Undertaker was taken out in the ambulance and we didn't know how badly of a situation how bad of a situation we were facing. Undertaker knows what happened that night. I know what happened that night. Brock Lesnar knows what happened that night. Now here's the funny question. If so few people know, why would we ever open up the secret of what happened? So let me plant a little doubt in your minds where you sit there and say, is Heyman telling us something we're not supposed to know? Or is he just fucking with our heads? <laughs> so let me ask you this. <clears throat> How do you know it was a creative process? How do you know that was supposed to happen? How do you know? You may think you know, but do you know? You know? What would have happened at WrestleMania 30 if Brock Lesnar said, fuck it, I'm taking it on him. I'm going to dump him on his head. I'm going to knock him out. Then I'm going to F5 him. I'm going to hook his leg. And I'm going to pin him for real. And nobody's going to be able to fire me. Because once I beat that streak, how could they fire me? So let's say that was Brock Lesnar's mindset that night. Let's say Brock Lesnar said, I don't want to lose. I'm going to win. And they can't do anything about it because they can't fire me if I just beat the streak because I'm the guy everybody's going to talk about. Do you think he can't do it? Do you think The Undertaker would be able to stop Brock Lesnar from taking that victory? Could anybody in WWE stop Brock Lesnar from taking that victory? And what if... What if that's what happened? What would the reaction be? 
wouldn't the reaction be exactly what it was that the Undertaker needed a year just to get his head back into the game? Because he wasn't that badly injured. He went home the next day. He was hurt. He was hospitalized. But he went home the next day. He's going to need a year off. But he took it. Why? Yeah. This is like the Kennedy assassination. There's a lot of conspiracy theories. But the one that I'm offering has never been offered in public before. So I'll say it for the fourth time of the evening. Brock Lesnar does what Brock Lesnar wants to do. And what if on that night, in front of the whole world, live on the first WrestleMania offered on the network, what if Brock Lesnar decided, I'm going to do what I want to do? What if he really... <laughs> Come on, Paul, you're killing me here. Conquer the streak. Pretty intense. Well, let's get to a Memphis wrestling moment. Um, I, pit, I went back. I didn't really stay close to our date here today because okay. actually my buddy Josh McClain found a hell of a score. It was a match card from this night. And I want to go through this match. And I want to talk about the main event in it because uh, pretty famous stuff here. So Bobby Eaton versus J.R. Hart. This was Monday, April 5th, 8 p.m. at the Mid-South Coliseum. Bobby Eaton versus J.R. Hart. Dennis Condry and Randy Rose with Norvell Austin versus Rick McCord and Roy Rogers. Tojo Yamamoto versus Dutch Mantel, the hairy back man himself. <laughs> Luke Graham, the Dream Machine, and the Angel versus Steve Kern, Stan Lane, and Eric Embry. That's a hell of a tag team right yeah. there. Fabulous ones. Steve Kern and Stan Lane mm -hmm. and Eric Embry. Southern heavyweight title match. Jerry Lawler versus The Monk with Jimmy Hart. Hmm. Main event, Southern tag team title match. No limit, disqualification, no... Stepping match, there must be a winner. Sweet sugar brown, sweet brown sugar, and Bobby Eaton with Jimmy Hart versus Rick and Robert Gibson. Then a special attraction <laughs> happened that night. Jerry Lawler versus Taxi Star Andy Kaufman. <laughs> <laughs> now that Josh McClain found a, like one of those match cards that they would hang around town or something like yeah. that. That would be that's a hell of a collector's item. Hell yeah. We all know what happened in that match. Lawler gave um Andy Kaufman a free headlock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lawler picks Andy Kaufman up, mm -hmm. dumps him on his back and gives him two pile drivers and he puts Andy Kaufman in traction. Yep. Fit one of the most famous nights in Memphis wrestling history. They didn't have the results in it. You know what? They really didn't have to put them in there because nope. we know what happened yeah, everybody that night. Knows. Well, that, was, that was definitely a full house that night. Oh, I can I tell mean, you. That, was, that had 12,000, 13,000. weeks of Kaufman oh, just antagonizing no, yeah. Lawler oh, and the people of Memphis and Memphis, everybody. Tennessee. You're going to plow the plow the fields and oh. farm the farms, dude. Well, and, and, you know, like, and then he wrestled the 400-pound woman. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, he did cut that promo – this is toilet paper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what you have to do is after you use the bathroom, you wad it up, you wipe your behind, and you put it in the toilet <laughs> throw away. This is a bar of soap because your hands are disgusting. You get your hands wet, wipe them together, and then you have clean hands. Too funny. But, yeah, man, that's uh, – if you haven't seen Memphis Heat, they talk about it there. 
If you haven't seen Jerry Lawler's documentary, they talk about it there. There have been Comedy Central used to have shows, a couple of two different documentaries they would show. Watchman on the Moon with Jim Carrey. Yeah. Get involved. Learn. My dad stayed up late. I remember the night that uh, Kaufman was on Letterman. Kaufman and Lawler were on Letterman. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he was watching when he was watching live when Lawler slapped the shit out yeah. of Kaufman. And, and he laid into oh him. Oh God. He knocked him he knocked him off that stage for real. We know it's funny, Andy Kaufman went to Vince McMahon Senior and told him what he wanted to do and he Vince McMahon Senior thought it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. You see it, him on David Letterman. Vince McMahon Junior was pretty jealous that what happened on David Letterman. Yeah. Yep. And you know, it was funny they're dri- I think Bill After and Jerry Lawler were driving around New York the next day mm-hmm. and they drove by Rodney Dangerfield's bar. And he's like, man, it would really be cool to meet Roddy Dangerfield. So Bill After stops the car. They go in the restaurant. And he's like, hell, let me see what's going on. And they bring Jerry Lawler. He brings Jerry Lawler in. Rodney Dangerfield's at the bar mm-hmm. in a robe, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just hanging out. And Jerry Lawler comes in, shakes his hand. And he, hey, i got to say, what you did on David Letterman, that was, in, that was one of the funniest things I think I'd ever seen. I mean, <laughs> and, and it's funny if you hear the stories. They were supposed to do something like they get they they let they stop they shake hands yeah and then Andy Kaufman s- sings what the world needs now is love sweet love or something like that that's how it's supposed to end and you know they talked beforehand and uh, I think Andy Kaufman told Jerry's like you know wouldn't it be funny if we just kind of didn't let it die and did this and he's like <laughs> man I think they would kill us yeah they probably would well when they started arguing or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, Andy Kaufman and Lawler stood up. They kind of made eye contact, mm-hmm. and like they're, it was like they're speaking to each other telepathically. Like, yeah, smacked the shit out of them. <laughs> and so, you know, he put everything in it. And then, you know, Andy Kaufman comes back on. They had another moment there when he's about to throw the coffee. They made eye contact, and he's like, and Lawler's like, yeah, that that would work. That would work. Mm-hmm. You know, that ends up becoming. I think that bec- that was in like the top ten David Letterman skits of all time. Yeah, mm-hmm. because that's. I think that was the first time and. One of the one of the very only times he lost his show, like I think Crispin Glover one time lost his show. I can kick, <laughs> and then there was the one. What was the, what's the weird actor's name? Uh, Tiny Tim. Joaquin Phoenix. No, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. When he was doing Phoenix, that one, yeah. When he was doing the you know the beard thing, and you know I got. When he was doing that movie, basically, yeah. Yeah, we're good. Go. I'll just put your gum right here. Like, oh, thanks for putting the gum on. <laughs> yeah. That, that, thanks. <clears throat> so, well, folks, we're going to get out of here this week. Thank you for listening. You can always check us out on iTunes. Just search for us there. While you're there, leave a quick five star review. Also, be sure you're following us on Twitter at Oversell Podcast, Facebook.com slash Oversell Podcast, and please go visit OversellPodcast.com and check out the Amazon link. You have been listening to the Oversell Podcast.